What's going on, everybody? You are now listening to the Slaw Sports Show, and I'm your host, Cole Noble, aka Slaw. But before we get started, I just want to uh, throw out a quick apology for the delays in some of the episodes the last uh, week or two. But we're trying to keep on target with um, at least an episode per week to keep all of you guys informed on what's going on in the world of sports. And today we got a lot to cover um, after being away for a couple or the past week. We got a lot to talk about and a lot of stuff has been unfolding in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. And it's been a blast to watch and I'm finally happy to be able to sit down and talk about it. So we're going to go ahead and get started and today we're going to begin with the MLB. So to get started with the MLB, we're going to begin with some news before switching over and talking about some of the big games um, in the final two rounds of the playoffs. But to get started, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Joe Madden, the former Cubs manager, uh, agreeing to a three-year deal with the Los Angeles Angels. And that's something I predicted. Um, I mean, I wrote it down. You can go back and watch some of the other episodes. But that's the move I said would happen. I said either the Padres or the Angels would be the ones to land Joe Madden. But the Angels were the ones to get it done. And if you think about it, you can really see why they wanted him in there. Uh, they have struggled um, down the stretch the last couple of seasons um, trying to get to the playoffs. And they've had multi-time MVP Mike Trout, a player like just his caliber play. You shouldn't be missing playoffs over and over again um, with that guy on your team. So bringing in Joe Madden will definitely help uh, Mike Trout and the rest of the Angels organization. And it will especially help uh, Shoney Otani, the pitcher slash hitter for the Angels, really get on track. Um, After the last two seasons, he's underperformed and been injured. But I really think Joe Madden will help get those two guys on track. And I'm also hearing reports that they might be going after Garrett Cole, who's been dominating right now so far in the playoffs for the Houston Astros. If he ends up leaving, that's someone that they're really going to have their eyes on to help uh, boost their pitching staff. And he will be a great addition uh, to the Angels staff. But now to start um, about some of the playoff games that we've seen the last week. Um, we're going to start with the American League uh, Championship Series featuring the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. And we're going to start talking about somebody we just mentioned, Garrett Cole. He has been absolutely unstoppable. And Tuesday's game just furthered showing that um, he went seven innings with seven strikeouts. But the big uh, stat line from him that game is he threw 61, 61% of his pitches that game were for strikes which is really good and really something you want to see uh, coming from your starting pitcher, especially in a game in the championship series, uh, trying to make it to the World Series. That was a huge performance by Garrett Cole. And the Astros are now up 2-1 in the series against the Yankees. Uh, Last night's game, um, when we were recording this, was delayed. So it's still 2-1 in the series, and then tonight will be game four. But it's been a very exciting series so far. The Both teams have been battling back and forth. We've seen great hitting, great pitching. And I'm just really excited to watch this series and uh, wrap up and see which team is actually going to make it out of this series and contend in the World Series. But tonight's game is going to be a good one. we got Zach Greinke facing off against Masahiro Tanaka for the Yankees. That is going to be a great pitching game tonight, and I'm really excited to see that one play out. 
But as for the National League Championship Series, it is finally wrapped up, and the Washington Nationals sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals to advance to their first ever World Series. And that is huge news for all Washington fans and the Washington organization. And they are very proud and very happy to finally be competing in their first ever World Series. Uh, Leading the charge for the Nationals to get to this point, obviously, as we've talked about in previous episodes, is their pitching staff led by Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. They have been a fantastic one-two punch, if I say so myself. But it's because of the team they played. It was a horrible series against the um, St. Louis Cardinals. I think the Cardinals shouldn't have even been in the series. Uh, They really didn't put up much of a fight at all against the Nationals. And I didn't like uh, like the uh, series I saw from those two teams. But the Nationals really got it done. They outscored the Cardinals 20-6 in the four-game series, getting the sweep. And then game four, the Nationals found home early and often. They scored all seven of their points in the first inning, and it was too much for the St. Louis Cardinals to come back from. So the Nationals, of course, like we said, go on to their first ever World Series. And I'm like I said, I'm just excited to see how the ALCS is really going to unfold between the Astros and the Yankees because with the three teams we have left, the World Series is going to be fun no matter who comes out of that, and it's going to be a great one to watch. I'm really excited to see how that plays out and also really excited to talk about it and share it with all of you guys. And that pretty much wraps up the MLB from what we've seen this past week. So we're going to stop now and switch over to the NBA playoffs. Or not playoffs, but the NBA preseason and some of the big news from the NBA. So sit tight and we'll be right back. So to get started with the NBA, before we get it to some preseason um, games, we're going to talk about Of course, like we always do at the beginning, the biggest news from the past week. And to get things started, we're going to be talking about contracts. Yes, contracts in the preseason still being made. And we saw two get done and a third potentially um, coming in the next couple of days, maybe weeks. But the first one, Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards, has finally agreed to a two-year, $72 million max extension. And that is big. Uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall are a perfect one-two punch in Washington, and it's one of the dynamic duos we talked about um, in the offseason, maybe competing this year with all the teams now having dynamic duos instead of super teams. This really opens it up for the Wizards with John Wall and Bradley Beal. So locking him in for two years is big for Washington. And then Jalen Brown for the Boston Celtics has been offered a four-year, $80 million extension. And that's a key uh, piece that they have on their offense that they want to continue um, to have. And he's been a tremendous player and leader for Boston. And they really like what they've seen from Jalen. So they want to keep him around for four more years if uh, Jalen agrees to the deal. And Pascal Sakim, a guy we talked about maybe could potentially be traded um, in the offseason when we talked about all the rumors flowing around for the Toronto Raptors. But they have decided that they'll be keeping Pascal Sakim and are now almost certain they'll be able to get an extension done with him and be able to have him under contract for years to come. Some of the biggest uh, news and storylines we've seen from the NBA is obviously the Hong Kong protest. And this week, a lot of uh, players have spoke up about it, including uh, LeBron James. 
but uh, Hong, Hong Kong citizens are standing with Daryl Morley after his since-deleted tweets, and LeBron said that the general manager wasn't educated about the impact of his tweets, and then the citizens of Hong Kong started to denounce LeBron James by publicly burning his jerseys and uh, really just disowning LeBron James and and I mean we haven't seen something like that since LeBron left Cleveland the first time and seeing people from another country now doing that and all of the stuff that's just going on in China it is not good right now and then LeBron finally came out this week and said that he doesn't think every issue should be everybody's problem which is a big statement from James to say and it's just really uh, not a good situation that's unfolding for the league and then for, obviously, Hong Kong. And it's just, I don't really know, like, really what I think about it at this point. But I just think people need to uh, just let it be how it is. And obviously, Morley's tweets fired everybody up. And now it just has escalated since then. And it's just not a good situation at all. But for some of the preseason games, um, last night, Tuesday night, we saw, or Wednesday night, sorry, we saw a lot of good games, actually. Um, to start off with, we saw the San Antonio Spurs beat the Houston Rockets, despite James Harden uh, gaining 40 points again. Uh, 40 points is a threshold that, we've see, or, um, that we see often from James Harden, and not many teams can overcome uh, James Harden and the Rockets when he puts up that many points. But the Spurs were able to get it done last night. Um, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers um, led a charge past Jonathan Mitchell and the uh, Utah Jazz. That was a good game. I didn't see much of that, but I was able to catch up on some of the stat lines from that game. And then LeBron James and the Lakers passed the Golden State Warriors again for the second time this preseason. This time, Golden State was without Steph Curry. But that just continues to show... Um, I mean, it is preseason, but they have beat the Warriors twice, a team LeBron has struggled against in the past years. Um, So it's really interesting to see because right now those are two of the three top teams, I would say, in the Western Conference. And the Golden or uh, Los Angeles already getting it done against uh, the powerhouse of the West that we've seen the last five years is really Exciting to see for Lakers fans and their new look Lakers team. And LeBron is leading the way this year. And I think he's going to be on pace. Uh, It's early, but I think he has his mindset um, on another MVP award. And that's something I could see happening for from LeBron James, like we've talked about in previous episodes. But other than that, that wraps up the NBA. And we're now going to switch over and talk about the NFL. The NFL trade deadline is fast approaching. Coming up um, on October 25th is the deadline next, late next week. And we're really starting to see some trades start to unfold and some rumors of some star wide receivers and some star teams like the New England Patriots and Philadelphia Eagles aggressively trying to find some trades late uh, toward the middle of the season right now. And some uh, teams have already been busy, especially the Los Angeles Rams, who have already acquired three trades this week. And we're going to go ahead and start talking about those three trades. So the first one was sending former All-Pro cornerback Marcus Peters to the Baltimore Ravens for linebacker Kenny Young. 
that fills some much-needed help um, at the linebacker position for the Rams. But trading Marcus Peters is huge for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they've now bolstered their already loaded secondary with Earl Thomas, one of the best uh, safeties in the league. And now they get a former All-Pro cornerback in Marcus Peters. And they already have one of the best young corners in the league in Marlon Humphrey. So a scary secondary continues to get scarier for Baltimore. But Marcus Peters, uh, since being acquired from the Chiefs uh, to the Rams a couple seasons back, uh, hasn't really fit the mold that the Rams wanted. They wanted a true shutdown corner that could dominate one side of the field to take the pressure off the defense. And they also acquired Akeem Tlaib to be that guy. But Akeem Tlaib has been placed on IR this week. And then Marcus Peters wasn't um, fitting into that role. So the uh, Rams decided to move on from him and send him over to Baltimore. The second trade we saw was acquiring offensive lineman Austin Corbett from the Cleveland Browns which offers much-needed help uh, for Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. Offensive line has been one of their weakest positions so far, so it's great to see the Rams address that after um, these past couple of games where we've seen Jared Goff not really play uh, to his contract and to his ability like we saw from last year, and especially running back Todd Gurley. So getting some much-needed offensive line help is big for the Rams. But the biggest trade that the Rams made which is a huge blockbuster trade, is acquiring all-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars for two first-round picks and one fourth-round pick. And this trade is huge. This is one we've seen, um, been following closely the last couple of weeks, seeing where Jalen Ramsey will go. He's expressed his frustration openly about the Jaguars organization and has wanted out. And finally now he gets his wish being sent to the Los Angeles Rams. And he's now pleased um, about the trade, as I've heard. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is happy now that he's out of Jacksonville. And some interesting news, he's not on the injury report this week for the Rams and will be playing. And the reason this is interesting is because the last two weeks he's been out for Jacksonville after dealing with um, different injuries that he keeps coming up with every week. Last week was a back injury. And he's on Jacksonville's injury report early this week for a back injury. But now apparently he's feeling perfectly fine and perfectly happy now to be out of Jacksonville. So that's really funny to see uh, from Ramsey and just toying his way to get the trade. And finally, Tom Coughlin and everyone else in the Jacksonville organization found a potential trade and pulled the trigger on it, sending Jalen Ramsey out of Jacksonville. Some other big news is Darren Waller, the tight end from the Oakland Raiders, signing a three-year, $27 million extension. And he has been one of the best young tight ends we've seen this season. Has really blown up this year through uh, six weeks. So the Raiders are pleased with what they've seen from Waller and lock him up for three more years, which is big for Derek Carr and the rest of the Oakland offense. Uh, some other big news, quarterback Mason Rudolph from the Pittsburgh Steelers clears concussion protocol after um, suffering a concussion two weeks ago against Baltimore on a scary hit from Earl Thomas, but he is expected to be back as a starting quarterback after uh, this week on their bye week. Um, so uh, that's big news for Pittsburgh, but Doug Hodges, the third string or I guess backup quarterback for the Steelers, who came in Sunday night against the Chargers, 
actually got it done and on the road and was able to put on a pretty decent performance enough to get the win. But Mason Rudolph has clear concussion protocol and will be back as a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So week six showed us a, um, a lot of good storylines and a lot of good games that we're now going to be getting into, starting with Tyreek Hill is back. The star wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs made his first game appearance since week one where he suffered an injury, and he has shown that he is back to his productive stage, having two touchdowns in the game. And this was an exciting game. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Houston Texans um, a good quarterback duel between Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, former draft mates in the same draft class. But Deshaun Watson was the one able to get it done, and he's quickly emerging uh, into one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and especially this season. Um, some other big news is Christian McCaffrey, the star running back for the Carolina Panthers, continues to shine and continues to score, tacking on two more touchdowns on his already um, historically paced touchdown and yard performance this season. And he's had his, has his eyes on some records that he's going for this year, and he's on pace to getting them. And if he can continue the workload like he has so far this season, I definitely see him breaking some records this year and maybe even getting an MVP award on along the way. Uh, some other news, Kirk Cousins uh, silences the doubters and silences the hate after being called out by Zach Brown, the linebacker for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Kirk Cousins um, silenced him, throwing for four touchdowns and 333 yards, silencing all the hate and doubt that's been thrown his way the past couple of weeks and um, really uh, helped alleviate some of the tension between him and star receiver Stephon Diggs, who hauled in 167 of those yards and three of the touchdowns so Stephon Diggs is most likely back to being happy and content in that offense and with Kirk Cousins uh, the Dallas Cowboys continue to fall dropping their third straight um, game to the winless New York Jets and uh, Sam Darnold's return um, after his mononucleosis he returns and comes back and leads a uh Dominant victory, I would say, against the Dallas Cowboys. And now uh, they have a, co- or a head coach sitting on the hot seat right now in Jason Garrett, a guy we've talked about being on the hot seat that we predicted at the beginning of the year. And it's really starting to uh, come to light now after dropping their third straight game. Uh, a lot of pressure is now on Jason Garrett to right this ship for the Cowboys. Uh, they're still ahead in their division, but the Philadelphia Eagles are – um, right behind them and really clawing back into it. Uh, the 49ers and the New England Patriots continue to stay undefeated. The 49ers beat the Rams 20-7, to and then the New England Patriots beat the Giants 35-7, to a game that was last Thursday. So these two teams continue to show their dominant defenses. The Patriots still have one of the best defenses I've seen in the last couple, probably five years and that's a huge reason as to why they're undefeated, and they continue undefeated for another week. Uh, Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston continue to struggle, and two quarterbacks in the offseason we talked about potentially being out um, of the organization and finding their way to free agency. 
And after the being the number one and number two pick in their draft class some years back, they continue to struggle. Marcus Mariota um, threw two interceptions this week and was finally benched for Ryan Tannehill, the backup quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill will be continuing to start um, on now into week seven. And then Jameis Winston over in London against the Carolina Panthers threw five interceptions and had two fumbles. So that's seven turnovers for Jameis Winston. Um, but head coach Bruce Arians isn't really throwing the ship yet for Jameis. He's continuing to start him and thinks that he can get him back on track. And that's the reason they brought in Bruce Arians. But from what we've seen so far, it's not been the case. Um, another interesting game was the Tua Bowl, as I like to call it. The winless Dolphins going up against the winless Redskins. And this is the battle for uh, Tua Tagovailoa, um, who we've said is our predicted number one pick. So this was the battle for the number one pick, I think, already six weeks into the season. And the Dolphins win the Tua Bowl by losing the game after a failed two-point conversion um, that could have got them the, the win late in the game. But Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic um, did impress coming in off the bench and leading the comeback for the Dolphins, ultimately coming up short, and the Redskins got the win. But Ryan Fitzpatrick will be starting next week um, for the Dolphins, which is interesting because Brian Flores said that he was sticking to Josh Rosen for the rest of the season. But after another horrid performance, um, enter Ryan Fitzpatrick again for the second time this year. Uh, that wraps up week six. Um from the past week and then now upcoming this weekend we have week seven starting um tonight actually on thursday we got the kansas city chiefs going up against the denver broncos which would be an interesting game to watch but week seven um is going to be having a lot of interesting matchups um starting off we're gonna talk about the los angeles rams against the atlanta falcons and when i first saw the trade with marcus peters and Aqib Tlaib being sent to IR, I was like, this is going to be a huge game for Julio Jones and the Falcons offense to get back on track. But now with Jalen Ramsey and that Jalen Ramsey will be playing, this would be a big game for the Rams. And a really interesting matchup we'll see is Jalen Ramsey facing off against Julio Jones, which will be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, we got the Houston Texans facing off against the Indianapolis Colts. Two teams right now that are in a, in a position um, to battle out for the head of the division. If the Colts win this game under Jacoby Brissett, they will um, secure first place in the division, and Houston will look to continue um, to be on top of the division as they are right now. So that's a big game to keep an eye on. Another game, we have the New Orleans Saints facing off against the Chicago Bears. Uh, two of the huge NFC powerhouses from last year taking a different course this season. Um, both teams looking to continue um, on their success, and the Saints obviously will look to continue to get another win without Drew Brees to keep their ship afloat until their star quarterback comes back. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys will be a huge um, game as well, just like the Houston Texans versus the Colts. Philadelphia versus the Cowboys will be a game that will determine the, the number one team in the division. And this is a game that's going to be really interesting to see. Both teams coming off a loss. The Cowboys coming off three straight losses. And 
Uh, Doug Peterson of the Philadelphia Eagles said that this is a game that they definitely could win and should win, and they're really trying to make a statement right here and before their trade deadline to get first place in their division, which is something that not many people saw from Philadelphia this year. Uh, so it would be really interesting to see if Philadelphia can get the job done and secure first place. And then wrapping up Week 7 Monday night is the New England Patriots against the New York Jets. The, the Patriots will look to stay undefeated, but Sam Darnold and the Jets coming off, uh, or Sam Darnold going into his second game now since his illness, will look to make a statement game again, just like he did this week against the, the uh, Cowboys. So they'll look to keep the ball rolling against the Patriots. But Bill Belichick and company will have something to say about it and try to continue to stay undefeated. So that's some big games we're going to keep an eye on for week seven. But other than that, that's going to do it for today's episode. So thank you all for listening and have a good rest of your day. And if you have time, go back and check out some of our other episodes. We have a lot of great content on our podcast to go back and check out. So if you have time, please go do so. But other than that, thank you all for listening and have a good rest of your day. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Slaw Sports Show.